So today, uh, you know, this is my first Christmas as a pastor, a Christmas preacher. And there's all the Christmas messages, you know what I mean, that we could go into. And I really sought the Lord and asked um, God, okay, Lord, I'm not going to just read the Christmas story because that's what we should do. I asked the Lord for a word for us, for this house, for us in this time, these people, everyone sitting here, everyone watching online. And so I believe he gave it to me. And I've just titled it Carriers. And we have, we have a moment, just a few moments here to talk about what that means. Say, I am a carrier. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're carrying. <laughs> Usually that's not a good thing. Like, oh, they've got it. They've got the, they're carrying it. And this thing is viral, um, but it's not bad. It's called love. And it's an amazing picture, I think, uh, in something you're not going to expect. I, I would like to show of hands maybe uh, who has heard a Christmas message based on the Ark of the Covenant. Anyone? Okay, me neither, but you're about to hear one. Here we are. Okay, so <laughs> it was the Lord. I'm like, this is weird. But I want to start in Isaiah 9. This is a well-known passage uh, starting in verse 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to have it on the screens for you. Isaiah 9, verse 2 through 7 in the ESV. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Hallelujah. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff of, for his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling, tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. Why is all that going to happen? Because a child has been born. <laughs> for us, for, to us a child has been born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Say amen. Amen. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A child was born, but a son was given. And I want to talk about the Ark of the Covenant. I'm going to come back to Isaiah 9 at the end here. All right, I'm going to tie a bow on it. But we have a picture of the Ark of the Covenant for you, just so you can see it. Um, and I want to go into, actually, the craftsmanship of the Ark. Because I believe that when God gave man the plans for the Ark, the angels could see he was up to something. The angels were like seeing a prophetic picture that was to come. I believe that all of heaven went, <gasps> that's a prophetic picture of Mary right there. You're looking at a picture of Mary. <laughs> Mary was a carrier. Say Mary was a carrier. I'm going to read you Exodus 37, 1 through 9. You can leave that picture up there, actually. I want you to keep that picture. You just watch this while I read this. Um, and I'm going to talk about the ark, okay? I know this is kind of weird, but open our ears, Holy Ghost. Open our eyes to see what you're saying right now, Lord Jesus. In, a, in Exodus 37, verse 1 through 9, I'm reading out of the NET. 
It says, Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Its length was three feet, nine inches. Its width was, or two feet, three inches. Its height, two feet, three inches. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and out. And he made a surrounding border of gold for it. He cast four gold rings for it that he put on its four feet. With two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. He made poles of acacia wood, overlaid them with gold, and put the poles into the rings on the side of the ark in order to carry the ark. Are you seeing it? This is not necessarily completely accurate, but this is a picture. He made an atonement lid of pure gold. Its length was three feet, nine inches, and its width was two feet, three inches. He made two cherubim of gold. He made them hammered out of metal on the two ends of the atonement lid. One cherub on one end and one on the other end. You see that on top, the angels there? He made the cherubim from the atonement lid on its two ends. The cherubim were spreading their wings upward and overshadowing the atonement lid with their wings. The cherubim faced each other looking toward the atonement lid. That's the picture of the ark. Now stay with me, and I want to show you that Mary is the ark. I want to show you that this is a type and shadow of Mary who carried the hope of glory. I want to show you. In Luke 1, 35, we have it for you, I think. Do we have that one? Luke 1, 35 in the NET. This is when Mary says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. You've heard the story, right? The angel says you're going to be with child. How can this be? I'm still a virgin. And the angel replied, if you don't have it, that's okay. Just listen to it. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Say overshadow. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. That's Luke 1, 35. So, Mary is the ark. I can prove it to you. Because let's go back through this story. This ark was made by a man named Bezalel. And interestingly enough, Bezalel is the first person in the Bible that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was filled with works of craftsmanship. He was gifted by the Spirit to create craftsmanship thing. Crafts, painting, things like that is a gift from God. You are creative. Get over it. Stop saying I'm not creative. You have the creator in you. Okay, come on. You are creative. Say, I am creative. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to get in trouble saying it like that. Say, I am creative. There it is. Okay, good. <laughs> so this ark was made by the first person filled. It says filled in your Bible, Exodus 37. Filled with the Holy Spirit. But the name of the guy who made it is very interesting. Does anyone know what Bezalel means? Don't answer, Miko. <laughs> it means overshadowed by God. The one overshadowed by God made the ark. It was gold inside and out. And if you know anything about biblical pictures and, uh, and things that, go, that are repeated over and over again, gold is a picture of kingship. Absolutely. It was, it's a picture of purity and kingship. It's actually a picture of the royal priesthood because it carries the presence and it has kingly elements. It's a king priest. You're looking at a king priest. Are you following me, anyone? It was made of acacia wood. And get this, this is going to blow you out of your seat if you hear it. The word acacia, the root word for acacia literally means pierced or scourged, as in a branch. Scourged or pierced, or to flog. The wood, every piece of wood in here is made of the flogged wood, the pierced wood, the scourged wood, covered in gold. The poles that carried were acacia poles covered in gold. And the four feet, the word for feet, those little rings, it's payam. Say payam. You're learning Hebrew on Christmas morning. Here you are, all right? Payam literally means to hammer, 
to strike with a hammer. That's what the word literally means. So there's the four places pierced with the pierced wood that were hammered. The four places. The four places of the hammering inserted by the pierced scorched wood covered in gold. That's what carries the presence. The only thing that will, con that will continually carry the presence is the revelation of Christ and him crucified. That's the only thing that carries the presence. It's not a stop, go. It's not a, it's not a flow, an ebb and a flow. It keeps increasing. That's the only thing that increases. <laughs> so that's the outside of the ark. And inside the ark, there's, there's some contents of the ark. So say Mary is the ark. Just convincing you. It's good. It's good. Do you see that? The, he, she will be overshadowed. The overshadowed one made the pierced scourged box covered in gold. <laughs> wow is right. Now Jesus is actually, if this is Mary, picture a human being. What's inside of Mary when she is impregnated? What is it? It's Jesus, right? Come on. And so the contents of the ark are a picture of Christ. <laughs> Who knows what's in the ark? The first thing is a jar of manna. That's the mystery bread that flew, fell from the wilderness. The second thing is the tablets of the law. The Mo Moses, the tablets of the law. And then the third thing, anyone know? I know the Aaron's rod that was budded. All right, let me take you through and prove to you that those, I'm not trying to be cute or fun or like point out some cool things I found. I'm trying to impregnate you with wonder over the Christmas story once again. It is so boring to many of us. It is so mundane to many of us. There's so much rich treasure and awe, wonder. I don't want your Christmas to be awesome. I want it to be full of awe. I want it to be awful. This stuff fills me with awe. Like, oh my gosh, thousands of years before Mary, there she was. The jar of manna, that's a picture of Christ's revelatory teaching. He says, I am the bread that fell from the wilderness, in the wilderness. He said, I am that bread. I am that wonder bread. Manna means what is it? That's what manna means. What does manna mean? That's right. What is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What is it? Whenever Jesus taught, it was like, what is it that he's saying? I don't know. That he always taught in parables. So the jar of manna is a picture of the revelatory teaching that Christ had placed inside of him at his birth. Come on. This stuff excites me. The tablets of the law, that's the picture of the law written on his heart. He hated lawlessness and loved righteousness, right? The picture of God's law written on his heart. And then the budded rod of Aaron, that's my favorite one. I actually learned this from my friend Mitko right there, actually. It's a picture of the branch man resurrecting. Do you know that the word Nazareth means branch? Natser, it means branch. Jesus is the branch man. Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus the branch. And what did a branch disconnected from a tree is a what branch? A dead branch. Did he not die? Was he not resurrected? And the budding of a dead stick is a picture of the resurrected Nazareth man. Yep. The mercy seat. The, the word is cover. This top part. It's the word is cover. It's a picture. It's literally the same word for atonement. So the thing that holds it all together is the covering, the, the atonement sacrifice, right, for our sins and covering all the iniquities with his mercy, all of our iniquities with his mercy. Mary is the ark. Say, Mary is the ark. Jesus is the contents. 
We're looking at the Christmas story right now. We're looking at it. This is the Christmas story right here. If you don't believe me, I'm going to keep going here. Listen, all right, we can take that down. Mary was a carrier, absolutely, but so was Joseph. Listen, I'm a kingdom equalist, all right. The unsung hero of this story is Joe. (laughs) Poor Joe, don't get no, he don't get no cred. Can you imagine taking a woman in her third trimester on a donkey across country? I've been to Bethlehem. I've seen those hills. I've walked the paths that they would have gone through. It ain't easy. All right? It ain't easy. Imagine. Listen, Joseph is a picture of the faithful Levite who carried the ark with righteousness. (laughs) Mary carried the child, but Joseph carried Mary. He carried the carrier, just like the Levites would carry the ark. There's a proper way to carry the ark, the Levites, the priesthood. So Joseph is a picture of, or the Levites are a picture either way, of the faithful Levite, the Joseph, the one who carries Mary, carrying the ark. And I'd just like to interrupt myself and say, some of you are called to carry a promise in this season, and some of you are called to carry the carrier of the promise. Some of you discount and disqualify yourself because you don't have some great big promise from God. Well, get around someone who does and carry them. Carry the carriers. I got promises I need help carrying. Anybody else? Come on. I feel like especially this is a, a, a word for a lot of men here. You feel disqualified because you don't have some special insight. Maybe you're supposed to carry the carrier. Carry your wife. Carry her promises. Fight for her dreams. Come on. We all have a different part to play in different seasons. Sometimes you're carrying the promise. Sometimes you're carrying the carrier of the promise. Yeah, you can say amen. So the Levites were commanded to carry the ark, and they were the only ones who were allowed to handle it and move it from place to place, all right? I imagine Joseph was pretty protective of Mary in that whole thing, you know? Like, no, no, I'm going to help her off her donkey. I ain't letting some other guy do it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm, my wife is pregnant in her first trimester, all right? And I'm already, like, a little jumpy, you know what I mean? I can imagine when it starts to show. So this, I just want to read you a little bit about Ma- uh, about Joseph out of Matthew 1. I believe we have it. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And it's about it's the Christmas story. Here it is. But uh, speaking about Joseph, because Mary encountered the angel, and Joseph also had an angelic encounter. Like, we'd leave this guy out of the story a lot of times. Like, this is important. It says, now the birth of Jesus happened this way. While his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband-to-be, was a righteous man. Say, a righteous man. And because he did not want to disgrace her, he intended to divorce her privately. That might sound harsh to you, but that is the most merciful thing that he could have done right there. That day and age, they could have stoned her for being pregnant outside of wedlock. She was worthy of death. You guys understand? When he had contemplated this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to raise a child that's not your own. Because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, she will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This all happened so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. 
That's a good man right there. When he awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. Did you notice he contemplated it? He was slow to, do, to divorce her, but when he heard the Lord, he was quick to act. You need to wait. If you haven't heard the Lord, you don't know what to do yet. To do what he's doing means you have to know what he's doing. If you don't know what he's doing, do nothing. Be still. Safe. I'm helping you. I'm trying to help you right now. All right. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him. He took his wife but did not have marital relations with her until she gave birth to a son whom he named Jesus. Come on. Joseph is my hero. That guy. Okay. I had an encounter with an angel. And now I'm not going to sleep with my wife. I'm just going to believe that this kid inside of her is from God. <sighs> and I'm going to raise it. And I'm going to love it. And I'm going to carry her as she carries him. Whew. Think of the fact that he had to protect Mary from public ridicule, that he was protecting her along the way. Come on, guys, rise up. Rise up, man of righteousness. You know, the rib was taken, right? Not the bone from the foot or the bone from the head. The rib was taken, denoting equality, that we would cover our women, and our women will protect our vital organs. There's an equal partnership here. Different roles equals. Joseph was a carrier. Say, Joseph was a carrier. Come on, Mary carried Christ, but Joseph carried Mary. Now, you need to understand something. In the days of Jesus, and I hope this isn't boring anyone. I hope this is helping you, birthing wonder in you. Um, the days of Jesus, the temple was, was there, but the Ark of the Covenant was not in the temple. Okay? It, for 500, and I wrote it down. Uh, 500, since 586 B.C., there was no Ark in the temple. That's when the Babylonian, they destroyed Babylon destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the ark, took it away. They don't know where it is. They'll never found it. <gasps> I found it. I'm looking at it right now. I found the ark. I need to tell him, write to him, tell him, Caleb found the ark. Anyway, yeah, that's just a little joke. Anyway, the ark of the covenant was not in the temple. So you have the holy of holies, you know, the temple. There's the tent. It's like going to church. And then the very middle in the back where only the holy, holy, holy people could go, right? There was no ark there. There was no presence there. But the shell remained. That's many churches. Having a form of godliness but lacking its power. Your self-help program won't help you. You need grace. This is not three tips to a better Christmas, guys. This is an invitation into wonder and awe again. So, when Mary carried Jesus into the temple, she was returning the ark to its rightful place. Luke 2, 22 through 23 in the Passion Translation, it says, after Mary's day of purification had ended, which are 40 days, by the way, after 40 days, she carried it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be set apart, be a set-apart one for God. In Malachi 3, verse 1, it says, I am about to send my messenger who will clear the way before me. That's John. Indeed, the Lord you are seeking, that's John, will suddenly come to his temple. It prophesied this moment, the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. 
And the messenger of the covenant whom you long for is certainly coming, says the Lord who rules over all. That's Malachi 3.1. So Mary carried Christ. Joseph carried Mary. And when he was born, they carried him into the temple, the ark of the covenant. The ark returned to the temple. The Lord came suddenly to his temple. And he didn't stay there. Hallelujah. <laughs> now I read to you at the beginning Isaiah 9. And this passage, I'm going to slow down now and walk through it. Because Mary carried something, Joseph carried someone, and Christ carries all things. I'll prove it to you. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 in the Passion Translation <clears throat> this time. It says, a child has born, been born for us. That's Mary's part. You'll see this. A child has been born for us. That's Mary's part. And then it says, a son has been given to us. That's Joseph's part. Do we have it? Do we have that last one? Yeah. A child has been born for us. That's Mary. A son has been given to us. That's Joseph. A son was given to Joseph. Did, G did Joseph can partake in making the baby? No. Was a baby given to Joseph? Yes. And I'm just showing you the Christmas story in here. And the responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his what? Shoulders. His carrying device. <laughs> Mary carried Christ, Joseph carried Mary, and Christ carries us. We're carriers. The responsibility of complete dominion, say complete dominion, will rest on his shoulders. That's Christ. And his name will be, I love this list in the Passion Translation, the Wonderful One. Come on, you can address God and Jesus this way. You're the Wonderful One. Let's try this. Say, God, you're the Wonderful One. Come on. Jesus, you're the Wonderful One. Come on. This is good. This is just, I'm giving you language. The extraordinary strategist. Isn't that good? Come on. Son, anybody need strategy, right? Like how to pay for all them gifts? Yeah, hallelujah, amen. <laughs> the extraordinary strategist. The mighty God. This is the mighty God laid in a manger. The father of eternity. He was born as a father. At the moment of his birth, Christ was a father. Tell me what fathering has to do with gender. Nothing. God is spirit. I'm trying not to go there. The father of eternity. The prince of peace. The prince of peace. Come on, say prince of peace. You see father and prince. You see all these different expressions of the Christ. These are multiple expressions. If you're bored with the Christmas story, you need to meditate on the multiple expressions of the one who was born. Come on. This is amazing. Great and vast is his dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. What does immeasurable peace look like? What does immeasurable peace look like? I'd like to caution you from saying, I need more peace. I'll say that. Say, I receive the peace you've given me. I'll tell you why. Because if you say, I need more, you're measuring it. <laughs> I need more anointing. That's measurable. He's poured out his spirit without measure. Lord, give us more. It's, I understand what we're trying to say. I'm just cautioning you. <laughs> more, how do you, how do you know it's more if it's immeasurable? <laughs> you have to have a start and stop point <laughs> to say it's more. Immeasurable peace. How many would like immeasurable peace in this? I mean, is anyone like, 
excited about the possibilities of this one who was born. And it says immeasurable peace and prosperity. That means the word and there, you know, I went to English class. That means immeasurable prosperity. <laughs> immeasurable peace and prosperity. Immeasurable peace and immeasurable prosperity. Wow. I have enough, Lord. Don't shut down the immeasurable prosperity God wants to give you. I don't need it. I don't need a paycheck. I don't need to be honored for my gifts. That's pride. It's false humility because you actually want to be, I guarantee it, and you're lying. <laughs> Immeasurable peace and prosperity. Hallelujah. I'll take that. Say, I'll take that. Come on. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. And I'm just going to stop here. I'm not going to get political or whatever, but there's a lot of social justice attempts in the world right now. There's a lot of comments and things like that, and it frustrates me when we use Jesus as a prop for our social justice platform. That frustrates me a lot. Um, yes, it does. That's all I'm going to say about that. But justice and righteousness are upheld by Christ. I was just talking to my buddy Clyde before the gathering. We agreed that the only thing that's going to bring lasting peace or lasting prosperity to the United States or any other state or any other country is a heart reformation done by Christ himself. Christ is the answer. He's not the reason for this season. He's the reason for every season. Your political candidate is not the answer. Your border plan is not the answer. <laughs> I don't care. Get offended. Maybe you'll think about it. <laughs> Come on. This God became flesh, wrapped itself in humanity, laid itself in the place of feasting for the beasts of the field. That was God's justice plan, to need humanity. God's like, I know what I'll do. I'll uphold righteousness and justice by needing a lady named Mary to take care of me. You say God doesn't need anything. That's a true statement, but it's only true in some things. God needed Mary. Did the baby not need Mary? Come on, think with me. God postured himself to need us. That's justice in his eyes. Maybe we don't have the whole justice thing figured out. <laughs> From this time forward and forevermore, the marvelous passion that Lord Yahweh, the Lord Yahweh, commander of the angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. That's what the Passion Translation says. I love it. So Mary carried Jesus and Joseph carried Mary so that Jesus could carry everything. And guess what? You carry Christ. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you carry Christ. You carry, like Mary, the hope of glory. As my friend Brian Simmons says, you carry like Mary. Say, I carry, like Mary, the hope of glory. Some of you are starting to show. <laughs> Some of you are walking a little different. The Levites carried the ark on their shoulder. Now the high priest carries all things on his shoulder. The Levites carried the Ark of the Covenant like Joseph carried Mary on his shoulder. You know, Joseph didn't do that, you know, but 
figuratively speaking. And now he carries all things. It says upon his shoulder. Complete dominion will rest on his shoulders. Come on. We need to be willing to carry the promises of God within us rightly. We also need to be willing to carry one another in order to protect the promises of God within each other. Don't, qual- don't disqualify yourself because you're not, you don't have a promise yet or you don't have a big thing yet. Your season is to carry someone else. Hallelujah. When we need to see Christ carrying us and all the dominion of the universe on his shoulders. And so for the rest of our time, I really want to I want to just step into a mystery. I've got like 10 minutes. I want to step. Can we go a little bit deeper into a mystery here? I feel like all of that was just a like, okay, expand, expand, expand so I could fit this in there. All right? Are you ready for this? When Christ was born, the angels saw the face of God for the very first time. In heaven, it says that they even cover their face because of the light that's coming off of God. All they see is brilliant light. And when Christ was born as a baby, they said, that's what God looks like. For the first time, the angels saw what God looked like. God decided to withhold the full expression, the visible expression of his face for all eternity until he came as a man. For the ages, the angels, all they knew of God was he's over here somewhere. There's light I can't even see. Holy, holy, holy. And then all of a sudden God became visible laying in that feeding trough. Why did he do it that way, I wonder? Do you realize that when Jesus was born a baby, God would remain a human being forever? There's a man in heaven right now, a human being in heaven right now with holes in his hands. He didn't dissipate. He ascended. Come on, somebody. He ascended. And you and I have been co-resurrected, but you're going to get ascended soon. Some of you need to ascend the hill today. He ascended in his body. I get it. He has a glorified body. But there is an element of humanity sitting on the throne right now. When God was born a baby, he knew he'd remain a human forever. This is a crazy mystery. Why would God do that? Could it be that God honors what he's created? Could it be that you're not a filthy, wretched, dirty piece of crap? Could it be that God honored humanity in such a way that he would enthrone it? Come on, don't let me lose you. God enthroned humanity. I'm not speaking humanism. Humanism is the perversion of this, what I'm saying. Humanistic Sourcing, say we are the source of healing, that I am the source because I have, a, I have a mind and a will because I think it, therefore I am. That's humanism in a not-so-great nutshell. But that's the perversion of the pure version that I'm giving you right now. Human, a human ascended to the throne of God. And when he ascended, he also descended and led a host of captives with him. <laughs> Think about this. The Christmas story is so much more than God just, you know, expressing his love 
for us. It's so much more than that. It's the beginning of a new age. <laughs> it's the beginning of an age where human beings can be like God. In the garden, they were God-like and very good. What is unfinished? What has been not done yet in order to make you God-like and very good? Is it your job to make you God-like and very good? Is it a gift? It's the gift of salvation. Well, you don't work for a gift. Some of you need to receive the gift of salvation today. Some of you have just gone to church and heard the story and said, I believe in that, but not received the gift of healing, deliverance, and safety, wholeness, complete immeasurable peace, immeasurable prosperity. I'm talking about the gift that was wrapped in flesh laid in a feeding trough. And when the beasts of the field come and, and feast on that flesh, which is real life and real food, they're transformed. I know this is not like uh, easy Christmas talks right here. I'm not talking easy to you. I'm giving you an invitation, in a, a deep waters invitation. Come on over here and just get in over your head with this thing. Think about this stuff. Meditate on this this week. Talk to your kids about it. Hold your baby in your hand and go, that's what God decided to look like. That's the first time anything ever saw God was when Jesus was born a man. And now he's ascended to the right hand of the Father as a man. Listen, no more passive relationships with Christ. No more passivity. No more passivity. I don't know if you're watching online or if you're here and you just do the Christmas and Easter thing. No more. Come on. This thing is way bigger than your comfort zone. This thing is way bigger than your routine. This thing is an invitation to life, to life, to life. Let gratitude be birthed and allow him to carry away all your anxiety, your fears, your disappointments today. Right now, today. You can just blink your eyes, boom. I believe you can carry all my anxiety away. Boom, gone. It's a gift. Will you receive the gift? Then you will be able to carry him to others and carry others as they carry their own promises of God. You become a carrier when you carry him. You become a carrier of others when you carry him. I'm not trying to be cute, and I'm not trying to be fun. I'm not trying to be cool or, you know, zany. But you are a carrier. You are a carrier. You're a carrier. And I got this picture. I had it a couple years ago. But this is the reality of many uh, Christians. Many that live the Christian life receive the gift of salvation. It's got this nice wrapping paper on it. It's got a bow. It's beautiful. You shake it, but you never open it. You say, this is definitely from God. This is the gift of salvation, but I'll use it in heaven. I don't want to mess up the paper. It's time to rip open the box and play with the contents. I'm talking about mysteries from heaven, the jar of manna. I'm talking about the righteous requirements of the law, sanctification unto holiness. That's in your box. Can you put the ark back up there? It's a Christmas gift. 
I see the ark as a picture of Mary and a Christmas gift. You got to open that sucker. You got to open that thing. What child takes the box and goes, thank you so much. And they go to their room and they put it on the shelf and they go, I love it. That's what people do with sanctification. Thank you so much for your holiness. I'll, I'll be holy in heaven. That's what people do with healing. Thank you so much for your gift of healing. I'll be completely healed when I die. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for resurrection power. I'll just watch all the holy people use it. <sighs> you carry all of this. You carry unlimited power. You carry immeasurable peace. Come on, it says in Isaiah 60 or 61, it says the spirit of the Lord has risen upon you, right? Is it 60 or 61? 61. It's up on you because it starts within you. It comes up and then on you. It comes up on you. It's not out there and comes upon you. It's upon him which you carry and it comes up on you. You need peace, I promise you. You need power, I promise you. And you don't have to go get it. You just have to receive it as a gift. Open the box and let it come up on you. I mean, let me get practical with you because I've been really weird so far. <laughs> let me get real practical with you. Bring it down to earth, right? I believe we should have our feet on the ground and our head in the clouds because we're big enough for both. You have your head in the clouds, feet on the ground. You're big enough for both. All right? You can be practical and spiritual, I guarantee you. Here's what it looks like. The next time you start feeling frustrated, you say, thank you, God for the immeasurable peace you planted within me. I speak to that peace and command it to come upon me right now. And you wait. You got to pray multiple times, that's fine. You're at work and someone's ticking you off. <laughs> Say, I have immeasurable peace in here. And I, I ask God, can I use that peace now? His answer will be yes. <laughs> that's why I gave it to you. Is that practical enough for you? Anything. Prosperity. I don't have enough money. God, you placed everything I need inside of me. The seed of Christ is in here. I need to show it. I need to be expanded by it. I need to carry like Mary. Sometimes there's a waiting period. Amen? Nine months to cook a baby. We did ours in six. It's not a fun process. Judah was born 24 weeks. And we were in the hospital for four months. He was born one pound, 11 ounces. <laughs> born viable, by the way, at 24 weeks. And Christ being born to us in Bethlehem is a prophetic utterance of carrying everything we need in our flesh, in our body. Guys, you, listen, I'm all for our impartation. I'm all for laying on our hands and all that stuff. I'm with it. But all it does is invoke what's in you to come upon you. All it does is like a, it's like drawing it out. It's like a vacuum that goes, it's in there, and it comes out, you know. That's all it is. If I lay hands on you, I'm not giving you anything. I'm stirring up the gifts that were already placed inside of you at salvation. So I don't know exactly why God had me preach this for the Christmas gathering, except to say that there's so much to this thing. There's wonder and awe in this if you will look for it. And if we are not passive with it, we'll be changed. We'll be changed by it. Amen. Would you guys stand? I'm going to have the restoration team come up. Was that okay? I hope, I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel inspired.
Come on. Woo, Jesus. I don't know if you have words, but I'm going to give one. I feel like, okay. This is, uh, I feel like God wants to impart hope. God wants to revive hope uh, inside of every person. Mm, yeah, we always end this way. We always end with you being allowed to come down and get prayer. Um, but right now, I just close your eyes. If, you, if you're feeling hopeless, if you've had any measure of hopelessness, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Okay. No one's going to look at you. Keep your hand up. I just believe right now that the hope of glory within you is going to come upon you in Jesus' name. Right now, I command the hope of glory to come upon you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, so I feel like if anyone has been struggling with depression or seasonal effectiveness disorder, sad, sadness, things like that, you need to come up to this team today. Uh, someone with major back pain in your lower right back. Uh, the Lord just told me it's unforgiveness. Sorry. <clears throat> if you have that and you think, think that's for you, you need to come up to one of the teams and they'll help you forgive that person. It will leave. Thank you, Jesus. God, we commit, we commit ourselves right now to carry you rightly. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Come on, would you just thank the Lord that you get the opportunity to carry him. We thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to carry you to those around us, to carry your joy, your peace, your righteousness, and your joy. And God, we say yes and amen to you coming upon us. Come on. When God comes upon you, happiness is the result. Come on. Because God is really happy. Come on. We sang it earlier. We put on the garment of praise. We take off the burdens of heaviness, God. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. We say yes to your joy right now. Come on. Would you just out loud say yes to these things? We say yes to your joy. Come on. Keep saying it. We say yes to your peace. Yes to your righteousness. Come on. Lift your voice in prayer. If you have a prayer language, just let it go. We say yes to everything you've placed inside of us, Lord Jesus. We say yes to everything you've given us. We open the gift today. We open the gift today. I'm seeing the number 23. If you're 23 years old and you feel like you've given your life to the Lord but you haven't opened the gift, you need to come down at the end of the service. We say yes to opening the gift. Opening the gift of salvation for healing right now. Bodies are going to be healed right now as you open the gift. Say, it's mine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, let awe and wonder be birthed in us again in this season. Yeah, one more thing. Can you just put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder? I know if this is weird, whatever. That's okay. An appropriate place on their shoulder. If you don't feel comfortable with that, just sit down, and they won't. Whoever's sitting down isn't going to get a hand on them. Can you just pray for the person next to you that everything that's inside of them would come upon them right now? Come on. Pray like they're, like, pray the prayer you want prayed for you. Say, we command every gift to come upon them right now. The Spirit of the Lord, rise upon them right now, Lord Jesus. Right now, Lord Jesus, we thank you for every single gift rising upon us. Every single gift rising upon us right now. Every single gift rising upon us. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Sanctification, holiness. Some of you, you're not even going to want to do that sin thing anymore after this prayer. Your sin habits being, someone's sin habits being broken right now. Someone's, uh, yeah, someone's sin habit, a sexually immoral sin habit is being broken off a husband and a wife. 
Both husbands and wife are struggling with it. It's being broken right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Thank you, Lord God. Come on. Something's happening. Just pray for your neighbor right now. Pray for your neighbor right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We say yes to everything you have for us. We say yes to everything you have for us in this Christmas season. Come on, just release joy over your neighbor right now. Release joy. Say, I release joy right now over there. Come on, bliss. We release the bliss of heaven right now. We call it up. We call up the brooks of bliss from within them. We say, stream from within us, God. Ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Now pray this with me. Father God, I'm a carrier. I'm going to carry you well. Not because I'm working for it, but because I receive it as a gift. And I will carry others who are carrying you. I'll even carry their burdens because you're carrying us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's just lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, amen.